Um, quick question, is your all on the altar this morning? Hey, uh, ask yourself that question. It's a great song, and if your answer to that is yes, please stick around, because uh, I think this today would be a good day in church. Um, mine is not, hey. I think there's a lot of gaps in my, in my spiritual, spiritual walk with Christ, and I think it... Uh, this is the, the opportunities we use to, to identify those, right? And we need to be humble enough and we need to be uh, willing enough to change and say, you know what, Lord, it's not all on the altar and that's why I'm here. And I think um, that's why churches are so empty these days because people do think I have everything under control and, and I can get this done. So uh, for those that stay in here this morning, uh, that's just a PS. So John chapter 13, if you would, please take your Bibles there. To John chapter 13. And we're going to look for the next 20, 30 minutes uh, roughly at a call to humble service. You as a disciple, as a disciple specifically I'm referring to that, are called to humble service. Jesus has put a, a charge on you and, and he told you to, tells you to, told you to go out and serve. Go out and be a servant. And, and we're going to briefly look at that. I have two points that I, that I just want to uh, uh, expand on a little bit. And, and it's, it's, it's nothing fancy. I, I think it's pretty simple. I mean, I can literally just say you've got to be a servant, and everybody kind of knows where is where, where's that going to, right? Um, but I think it's important to just delve into this a little bit. And, and I'm going to try and stick to this passage here in John chapter 13. But before we get there, maybe just a little bit of a of, a, of a, um, setting the scene or giving you a little bit of a backdrop. So in John chapter 13, Jesus starts his private ministry, if you would. So John chapter 1 to chapter 12 was his public ministry. He went out doing all the mir miracles and reaching and serving all the people. And in John chapter 13, uh, we're going to read that now, he kind of sets the scene for, for him dying. Um, so John chapter 1 to chapter 12 plays over about three years. I mean, we all know that Jesus' ministry. John chapter 13 to chapter 17 plays off around about 24 to 36 hours. And then, of course, John chapter 18 and 21, where Jesus gets crucified, and that's a couple of days as well. But looking at this, John chapter 13 to chapter 17, um, there's a lot in there, and, and it slows down tremendously. Uh, Jesus makes a lot of good promises to his disciples specifically, and I want to make that clear. And if you're in here this morning and you are saved, you're part of that. And I'm going to show you a verse just now. So these promises apply to you. And when I read through this, I was like, sheesh, Lord, it's, it's, it's heavy. I mean, there's a lot. It's, it's, it's the words of a dying man. And I think in life, um, I have not had that experience yet, but I know a couple of people had the experience to sit next to a bed when somebody is passing. And usually... There's just a, a spring of wisdom that pops in into that person's mind. And they kind of explain a lot of what they wanted to do, what they should do, and also what they want to leave behind. I mean, I'm thinking if I need to die and my wife's going to be there, I'm going to give her a lot of things that she needs to take. I want to make sure that she's set when I'm not here anymore. I want to make sure that, that she can go on with life, that she will, she will prosper in the right ways. And the same with Jesus. He kind of focuses down to these 12 disciples and says, guys, I want you to focus in on the next couple of, of lessons, of, 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 of nuggets I'm going to give you because this will set you up when I am away, when I am gone. Um, and, and he looks at this, and, and again, the, the promises he made in this is it's, it's, it's tremendous. Um, 
He made this uh, these promises specifically to his disciples, and I think we need to take heed of this. So we're going to read chapter 13 in verse 1 to verse 17, and I think we're going to then pray and, and, and get into the first point here. So read with me there, John chapter 13 and verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Amen. And supper being ended, the devil had now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, and that he was come from God and went to God, he rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt now know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. For he, know, uh, for he knew uh, who should betray him. Therefore said he, ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. I think I lost a bunch of you when, I, when we were referring to the feet washing. Hey, I kind of slowed down there a little bit. Calm down. We're not going to wash each other's feet today, all right? <laughs> we can get, get, get back in here, get back in here. But verse 17, he said, If ye know these things, happy are ye. Did he stop there? Happy are ye if ye do them. If ye do them. Guys, serving Christ is not something you can just know about. It's something you have to do. Let's, let's just pray before we dive into this. Father, Lord, we thank you for this great and wonderful privilege we have of standing, sitting in your house today. God, it's a privilege to to be able to um, have this opportunity, Lord, for you to come down and meet with us. Lord, please take the words in, your, in, in, in Scripture today, Lord. Take the, 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 my efforts, Lord, in trying to get a sermon together, Lord. Use that, uh, Father, to the furtherance of your, of your kingdom here today, Lord. Speak to me, speak to us all here today, and, and Lord, make me walk out of this room changed, Lord, better equipped to serve in your, uh, in your kingdom. Lord, thank you very much for this, and we pray and ask that you prepare our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. All right, guys, so, so ministry, uh, sorry, not ministry, service. Uh, we are called to humble service by Christ in this passage, and he washed feet 
just as an example to say that is how low you need to go to serve us. Serving other people doesn't have any boundaries, nothing. Not to the extent of how you're serving, not to the extent of what you serve them with. You need to have the thought in your mind that I am going to serve. Saved or lost, black or white, rich or poor, you need to have the humility in your heart to say, I am going to serve. See a need, fill a need. See a need, fill a need. Of course, just as Jesus here, we focus more on the body of Christ to see those needs, but that does, negate, that does not negate the whole the, the need out there to serve those people. We need to, and if the, if the largest one I can point to is we need to serve by evangelizing. Isn't that the greatest service you can do to an unsaved being? Is bringing them to Christ and saying, you know what, it's, yes, it's, it's awkward. Yes, I kind of have to leave my family behind. And yeah, you know what, there's a lot that I have to give up and I have to sacrifice. I have to go to the built. I have to kind of memorize scripture. I have to kind of get out of my car and walk and spark up a conversation out of thin blue air but I'll sacrifice that for you. I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that, Lord, because you were the example. You know, in these, in these days, um, the, the feet washing was just a ritual because, I mean, we all know this, but they walked with sandals. It was muddy, dirty roads. And that, that was their form of transport, was their hallelujah wheels. It was right here. I mean, that's what they used, and they, they, they walked all about. So, in front of the houses, the, there was usually a basin. So you step in, wash your feet, and then you, then you walk in. Because when they had meals, the tables were very low. So they would sit down and eat, and they would eat for a long period of time. So, I mean, they would get lazy, and they would kind of start leanward, and they would literally lie down and eat. So your head would be right here, and somebody's feet would be right here. All right? That's not a great picture. But nonetheless, I mean, trying to just be a, a, a considerate, you would wash your feet. And it's dirty. I mean... I, I don't know, I would not want to take off my shoes now and walk around and say, look at my feet. That's, it's, it's gross. It's, <laughs> it's something that I do not want to. And I actually literally thought about just making a joke of it and let it linger for some time and said, you know what, I think it would be good if we wash each other's feet today. And I wanted to see the reaction from the crowd because me, I don't like that. It's awkward. I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to wash your feet. It's gross. <laughs> just keep them to yourself. And I'm being honest. And you probably feel the same way. And that is what our problem is. The knee-jerk reaction is, ew, gross. Not, wow, Lord, I don't care about myself. I don't care about whatever. I just want to serve this person. And, and take the feet washing and put in anything else. Put, put in, I mean, I mean, you serving somebody by, 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 I don't know, giving up some of your money. Or serving somebody by giving up some of your time. Ew, ew gross. I don't want to do that. I'd rather spend time with, that's, that's fun for me. So the first point, and I'm actually already busy with this, but serving is never beneath you. Never beneath you. It's never beneath you. Doesn't matter the need. It's never, doesn't matter who you are. If you're the, and I'm saying pastor, I'm not referring to Pastor Mike, but pastors overall. If you're standing in this spot here to, uh, on a Sunday morning, whenever, you should be the first one that serves. And the last one to just jot out orders and say, this is what we're going to do and this is how we should do it. Serving is never beneath you. And you see there in verse 1, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved. Loved. 
That word is so important. Please do not try and serve one another if that word doesn't precede the serving. Because there's going to be more damage done, and you're probably just going to do this once in your life, and you say, I'm, I'm done. I'm, not, I'm, I'm done with this giving up a bunch of stuff. You need to first establish in your heart that the people around you, and let's keep it in this room now, is important. And I want to see them grow. I want to see them. And doesn't matter what I need to do. Lord, I'll do it. If I need to set up church for the last 10 years or the next 10 years on a Saturday afternoon, Lord, I'll do it. Lord, if I need to clean toilets, Lord, if I need to pack up songbooks, Lord, if I, Lord, if I need to sweep floors, Lord, I don't care. If I can prep this room, Lord, and make it just right so that somebody can come and sit down and hear the Word of God, Lord, I'll do it. And if I need to do it next Saturday, I'll do it, Lord. And if I need to do it four Saturdays in a row, I'll do it, Lord. And if I need to do it three years in a row, God, I'll do it. Just determine in your heart this morning that you can change. You know, they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And I, I've been last week, it was probably one of the most interesting training sessions at work that I've ever been to. So it's the neuro, neuro oh, I didn't even pronounce the word. It's the, it's the Neuro Leadership Institute. Um, so, I mean, it's people that, that kind of do good things with brains. And it was one of the interest, most interesting things that I've ever seen. So, and, and again, I'm not going to try. I try to literally in 10 minutes give my wife nine hours worth of training. And she was like, huh? What? Because it just didn't work. I, just, I tried cramming it in. So I'm not going to do it now. I'm just going to say one thing here. But one thing that the, that the, the doctor mentioned there um, neuroplasticity. So what that means is, and I'm going to sound very smart now, but you can teach an old dog new tricks. They have taken your brain, it's, it's plasticity, elastic, so it can change. A lot of people say, and they've actually used this, her, the, the doctor, her daughter, daughter, daughter is a, um, uh, also a neuroscientist, and she works with juvenile kids with anger problems, drug problems, and the moment they teach these kids and they understand the concept of neuroplasticity, they went from addicted to not addicted in a couple of days because they knew what I can change. And, and if I can maybe pose this to, to the older crowd in the, in, 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 in the room here today, and it's definitely applicable to the younger crowd, and I'm not going to put an age on it, so everybody then, you can change. Right, if you're, if you're in here and you're, you're 17 and you think you're stuck in your ways, if you're 5 or if you're 30 or if you're 55 or 70, you can change. you looking at this and saying, you know what, I'm just too uh, advanced in life. I, I, I just, I, I don't like serving people in that way. You can change. You can go out on the streets Thursday afternoon for witnessing and you can make a difference, a, a profitable difference. You, for Christ. You do not have to wait till the rapture happens. You do not have to use the excuse of, you know what, it's just, it is what it is. You can serve. And I want to get back to the point of serving is never beneath you. If the creator of heaven and earth came down, lived 33 years on this earth as a human, humbling himself just to step on this earth, was through his 33 years, was mocked and, I mean, probably treated up like, a lot of times like garbage, especially in the three and a half years of his ministry. Can you not do that? The excuse comes up always, you know what, I've been burned in the past. I've tried to help people. 
Do you not think Jesus has been burned on the cross? That wasn't fair. And he still served. Probably one of the important things that I want to make here is look with me at verse 11. John chapter 13 and verse 11. For he knew who should betray him. That's all I want to read. He knew who should betray him. Look at verse 5. After that, he poured water water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. All 12 of them. Judas included. Jesus, do, do you just picture in your mind the awkwardness, you being Judas, and, and everybody can picture this because all of you have betrayed Jesus in the past, all right, me included, sitting there, and Jesus girds himself with a towel. And in, the, in, in those days, that was the attire of a slave. So he took up the, literally the form of a slave, and he came and sat down in front of Judas and I mean, Jesus, is, he knows his identity. He is comfortable in who he is. So he's not awkward. And he looks Jesus, uh, Judas straight in the eyes. Not to condemn him, but to show him, I still love you. Oh. oh, guys. I mean, if you really close your eyes and you think about that, if that does not bring you to, to, um, to tears... We just need to meditate in that for some time. God is not here to condemn you this morning. You will probably not get service sorted in the next week. And that is okay. There's no hoopla here. There's, not, there's no distractions. There's no show here. We still have time to fix this. So while Jesus, you still have, you haven't betrayed Jesus to the extent that He's going to die and it's, it's over. I mean, we can't change it. You can still look Jesus in the eye and say, Lord, I'm sorry. What I did this week, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry I betrayed you. Lord, that wasn't right. Lord, can I change that? Lord, can, can, can we kind of switch the tables, kind of like Peter did? We'll get to that. But those uh, exp- uh, um, excuses of saying, you know what, I've been burned in the past. This, this is not just not going to work. Just look at Jesus. He still served with humility. He wanted to do this. He started off the chapter by saying, having loved his own. That's why he did this. And I'm referring to Judas. But guys, all 12 of the apostles at some point uh, 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 disappointed Jesus. I mean, Peter, he denied him. John, we, uh, we read about, when was that? Uh, too many services. But at some point, we, we, we read up on John sitting in, in, in the prison. And he asked, I mean, Lord, do we need to wait for another? Are, are, are you the Christ? I mean, these are, these are big guns. These are guys that, that saw Jesus and they disappointed Him. And they, they had to learn how to serve. That is why Jesus did this. So please don't exclude yourself from this chapter. Don't exclude yourself from this. Take your Bibles, uh, turn to page, just chapter number 17. Keep your spot in chapter 13. You might say, yeah, man, this is Old Testament. I mean, come on, context, man. Who's speaking to whom is he speaking and when does this apply? And you're right, it is Old Testament. But look at this shocking verse. Chapter 17. And if you want to have a great chapter, read chapter 17. My goodness, there are so many great things in there for you as a believer. But look specifically with me at verse 20. 
chapter 17 and verse 20. Neither pray I, and this is Jesus, neither pray I for these alone, he's referring to his disciples, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Quick question. Have you believed? Nobody? Have you believed? <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Amen. Guys, that's for you. So Jesus says, I'm not just praying for these disciples, but I'm praying for you. I am praying. Why? Why do we need prayer? Because we're work in progress. We don't have everything figured out. Men, if I can just quickly uh, point my direction to you, does this sound familiar? Trim and quit. Yeah, maybe? Trim and quit. Trim and quit. Have you done that in the last week? Have you trimmed some of the spots? Have you quitted some of those things? Jesus says, I'm praying for you. I know you don't have it all figured out, but are you trying? Let's look back and see what last week's sermon was about, what the, the men's service was about. What the week are we trying or are we sitting here and just saying, Lord, thanks. All right, next week, let's go. Jesus is saying, I understand you don't have it all figured out. But that's why we meet every Sunday. So that we can try and try and try until we see him one day. Service is never beneath you. A.W. Tozer said, your capacity to love is directly linked to your humility. The less you have of yourself, the more capacity you have to love others through service. Literally, the less you have of yourself, the more you can think of, any, of some other people. Just a quick picture. Glass full of water. No water can be in there anymore. Throw the water out. There's a lot of space there for water. We should empty ourselves from us. And again, that's hard. That's difficult. I'm not going to try and shy away from that. It is difficult, but it needs to happen. And that is why it is so important that Jesus says daily, meditate in this. Um, the book of Psalms says we need to meditate in this daily, day and night. I mean, there's so many passages. And I can probably camp out here for quite some time in the fact that serving is never beneath you. And if Jesus went to these extents, my goodness, what do we need to do on a consistent basis? Think about it before I kind of depart from here, but think about this. What can you do this week to serve somebody? Serve your family. Dads, can I ask you to serve your family this week by reading Bible every day? Can I ask you to serve your family this week, this week by going to work with a joyful heart? Moms, can I ask you to do the same? Kids, can I ask you to serve your parents this week by obeying them? Please, let's see what difference it makes. Jesus said there, if ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. Well, we know them now. Let's go out this week and do it. Let's try this promise. Let's see if it works. Let's see if you're happy. Next week, step in. Thursday night, maybe testify. So you know what? I've tried it this week. I've served some people. I've served my family. And you know what? God has just blessed me with happiness tremendously. Treme and look what I'm saying. Happiness. Not money, not any, just happiness. I'm just joyful. 
And it's what God has given me. The next point I want to make is we need to understand that serving and being served is fundamental for spiritual growth. I'm just focusing on us serving, us serving, us serving. You know what, guys? Well, I say guys, people, there comes a time. <laughs> so I need to be very careful with the gender things these days, and I'm just, just being careful. So, so people, um, there, there, there will come a time in your life where you need to accept service from other people, that you will be served. Although the ratio is like 10,000 to 1, you serve, 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 and there comes a time where people serve you. It's not the other way around. But we need to understand that both of these things are fundamental to spiritual growth. So let's first of all look at the whole serving part of this. The whole serving part of this. Can I just say that serving does not, is not equal to the emotion that you feel? You do not serve because I feel like it. You serve because it was an order that was given to you. And you might serve by saying, you know what, family, guys, it's been a rough day. I don't really feel like reading the Bible now, so I might not be as, as funny and as, as trying to get all of this sorted as I used to in the, in the, in the week to come, but, but I do want to spend some time in the Word here. So, so come on, family, let's gather. And, and there's a time to weep and a time to be joyful and, and, and all of those things. And, and it's a time now, so let, let's just be serious a little bit. But it's not equal to your emotion. So don't go out this week and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to serve people when I feel like it. Because uh, history has showed us that if you do that, you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and you're not going to serve anybody. You won't even serve yourself. But serving is not equal to your emotion. And again, we see this with Jesus. Verse 11 knowing, for he knew who should betray him. I can just imagine. Guys, Jesus has a lot on his plate here, right? I mean, he's sitting in a room with people, 12 people that have disappointed him and probably will be disappointing him in the, well, will be disappointing him in the future. He's sitting there with the sole man that betrayed him, Judas. He knows that he will be slaughtered, if you would, on the, before going to the cross. That's not the end. He will hang there for six hours. He will be thirsty. He will be hurting. And then he will die. All right, book's done. No, 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 no. Then he went to hell. And after that, he stood up. So there's a lot going on in here. And Jesus takes time to say, I'm going to wash uh, Judas' feet because that's the right thing to do. I want Judas to... And, and I think... If Jesus just said, Judas, get out of here. I don't want to see you in my life ever again. Judas, Judas would have probably not committed suicide. But I think the, the disappointment in his heart weighed too heavily on him. And I think that's the reason he hung himself. If Jesus just says, get out of here, Judas doesn't have any part feelings. He's like, all right, I did something bad, but now, now he's mad at me, so he's doing kind of the exact thing that I'm doing, so we're all right. And Jesus didn't fight fire with fire. And you know, a lot of times you will, um, let me not say uh, entice people, but you, you will motivate people to start looking at a Christian's life differently if you serve them without any pretense, without any reward at the end. You just serve them. People look at you like this, but whoa, 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 what's, what's up? 
I mean, where's the booby trap? I mean, what, are you going to come at the end and ask for money? What's up with this? And it's not the case. And they are even more flabbergasted when you say, no, no, I'm just doing this because that's, I'm a Christian. That's what we do. Jesus did this to me. I feel no, no issue doing it to you. We need to serve even if we do not feel like it. Guys, serving should not be accidental. It should not be seasonal. Serving is a part of life. Serving is as part of your life as Bible reading should be, as coming to church should be. Serving should be as part of your body as it is have you thought about heaven on a consistent... Do you think of heaven on a consistent basis? I do. I kind of enjoy it. I'm looking at that thing, Lord, I mean, I know, I know you're not lying, but Lord, I really want to see this, so please don't play a joke on me. Don't kind of picture heaven in, in, in the Bible, and I'm not looking forward to this, and we get there, and God's like, psych! So this is what it is. I'm like, Lord, I mean, and that's just my fallen nature. But I kind of camp out at that thought of heaven on a lot of times. And you know what, 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 what kind of happens at the end? You thinking about heaven a lot makes you think about heaven a lot. You think about heaven a lot because, I mean, that's where you want to go. And naturally, that turns into you thinking about heaven a lot. You start serving purposefully, would turn around and you would start serving, period. Because that's part of who you are. Guys, we are not wired this way. A part of this training that we went through, and again, they call it the SCARF model. Please go out and, and Google that. But one of those, the first one is status. So what they say is your brain is built to survive, not necessarily to care. It's built to survive. So when you step into a room, you immediately number people, and you kind of put yourself in a hierarchy of where am I? I'm at the top and I'm at the bottom. And you kind of act that way. That's our natural tendency. I'm, okay, I'm above this group here, but I'm, okay, okay I, I need to submit to this group here. That's why it's not natural for us to serve, because if I look at this group, all right, I'm not going to serve them, I'll serve them. And God says, level playing field. We need to serve everybody. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Philippians. You have about five minutes left. I'm about to close up. Book of Philippians. <clears throat> the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 2. Sorry, I'm not sure if I said that. Philippians chapter 2. And, and you've heard this quite a lot of times, but, but being a Christian, things are kind of turned around. I mean, if you want to be exalted, you need to abase yourself, right? If you want to be rich, you need to give it all away. It's, it's always, always flipped around. And we read there in chapter 2, uh, Philippians chapter 2, and read with me there from verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Now listen closely here. Let each esteem others better than themselves. Can we try that in the break? Can we try and esteem other people better than yourself? Just try it. Look not every man. It's, it gets worse, hey, by the way. Verse 4. Look not every man on his own things but every man also on the things of others. So what are you going to do after church today? How can I help you? 
do you want to go out for lunch? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's what we're seeing in John 13. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no, but made himself, so we should be the image of Christ, made, make ourselves of no reputation, and took upon ourselves the form of a servant. We should serve. Verse 3 and 4 sums it up perfectly. We need to esteem each other better than ourselves. We need to look to every man else more than we do to ourselves. Guys, I want to make this clear, and we, you've heard this. True humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Please don't go into a state of mind where you're pathetic and useless and you're not of any worth. Because that's not where I'm going with this at, at all. You have value in quite a lot of that. But we just need to kind of position that. There are times where you need to think of yourself, please. You need to take care of yourself. Spiritually, physically. But the, there comes time, there comes a time where you have to kind of get that imbalance and say, right, I am kind of sorted. Anything else would just be a bonus. So let's start focusing on other people. Let's start, let's start getting them involved. What can I do today to help somebody else? It's not thinking of yourself, uh, thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And you've heard this as well. God can do more through you than to you. If you say, Lord, try me. Lord, try me. He's going to put you in a couple of situations. It's going to take time for you to get to that point to say, wow, this is great. You know, the, the story goes that if you feel bad, kind of, I say bad, if you feel um, treaded down, if you feel depressed, go out and witness to somebody. There is something special. And you don't want to do this. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to kind of push uh, what, what, the, what they say, I don't know, Orange juice out of a lemon. I mean, is that, well, that's, that, that does happen, right? Not? Is a lemon and an orange the same thing? Not. I'm trying to put strawberry juice out of an orange. Let's kind of make them far apart. I know it's, it doesn't sound possible. It doesn't sound plausible. How can I stand up when I'm depressed and go out and do something for somebody else? I can't do even something for myself. And that's the point. You cannot do something for yourself. So that energy you have in you, just give it away. Lord, I'm messing up my own, I'm, I'm messing up with uh, what I have, Lord. I'm just going to do and give that to somebody else. Try it. Just try it. Just try it. All right? And then the second thing I want to mention, I have two minutes left. It's being served. Guys, there's two parts of this. So people at, at oftentimes say, no, 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 nobody's going to serve me. And then they say, well, nobody's going to serve me. On the one side, they say, I'm not worthy to be served. And on the other side, they say, no, 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 no. Every, what did I want to say now? I lost my train of thought. There's two sides to this, all right? So you want to be served. So we say we need to be, you need to be served. So there are going to come in your time where you need to be served. And people in that instance say, no, I don't want to be served. All right? No, no, no. I don't want you to. Why? Because I'm not going to let, I can do this myself. You, you don't have to help me. And the root is pride. All right? And there comes a time where people say, can I help you? And you're like, no, 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 no. You know what? Um, 
I'm messing this up tremendously. <laughs> There's two sides to this. Let's try this again. <laughs> anyway, what I wanted to say is you not, help, not giving people the opportunity to serve you, the root is pride. There comes a time in your life where you need to let other people do things for you. You need to step aside and say, you know what, even though I know how to do this, please help me with this. I need your help. At some point, that needs to happen. Can I just point this, to point, uh, point this out in the Bible? I kind of searched for it. But um, the majority of people that served Christ were women. And a majority of that happened with them giving him food. So I kind of got to the point where that's where they got the idea of the place of a woman is in the kitchen. Is that not right then? I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. I, I, I was waiting for that. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just making sure you're awake. I'm just kidding. I literally, I, I, I saw that, that it's actually, it's really just woman. But I mean, they did way more than just cook. So I'm just kidding. But being served, there was a time where even the creator said, yes, please. Please, I, I, would, I would love the help. Did that make Jesus of less value? Did that make his knowledge null and void? No. He was still the Son of God. He was still the creator of the universe. But he accepted help of other people. And again, that proves a lot of your identity. Because to say, hey, I, I want you to help me. There comes, there comes a time where you need to accept help from other people. The last pay, uh, verse I want to turn you to, and then we're going to close. Luke chapter 22 and 24. Luke chapter 22. And this is the uh, same timing of what we read in, um, in John chapter 13 of the foot washing. Now Jesus is in this. I can just see Jesus being kind of, his countenance is down and he knows what's, what's coming. So he's, he's washing the feet and thinking about, I'm doing this for them out of love. Look, look at the disciples' response. And there was also chapter 22, Luke 22, 24. And there was also a strife among them. Which of them should be accounted the greatest? My goodness. There's a guy, the creator of earth, washing your feet. And you guys are, are arguing of who's the greatest among you. That is our natural tendency. And I want to point that out to say, guys, do not think that this U-turn is going to happen naturally. You will have to fight against the nature of saying, I don't want to, I don't want to. I just want to focus on myself. You will have to knee-jerkly change and say, I'm purposefully going to go this way. Can I close with this thought that Jesus was the ultimate servant and He made the ultimate sacrifice by going to the cross. There is no excuse that you can bring up that will trump that. And there's nothing more that you can sacrifice than Christ already did. Think about it. If you give your life, you only have one. You can't give it to multiple people. It's a very noble deed. But we need to find other ways to serve like Christ. We need to find other ways to serve like Christ. Let's all stand, please. Pastor Mike will close us. You know, it, it takes a lot of uh, courage when you're 
making a point and you forget the point to say, I forgot what I'm saying. And he saved it pretty well, didn't he? He did pretty good until he brought that woman thing up. <laughs> and then I thought, oh dear, where is he going with this? And then he, he rescued that as well. <laughs> but, but, you know, he gave us a lot, a lot of good things to think about. And just the idea of God, give me a chance. There's certain prayers that God will always answer. Always. And here's one of them. If you want God to answer a prayer this week, just say, God, give me a chance to serve. I promise you he will answer that prayer. You will see him open a door and give you that opportunity. So let's pray about that now. Father, thank you for what we've heard. And we, Lord, we want to take this on board. We want to take this seriously. You set the ultimate example of service. Lord, as we study your life, we can what an example. The highest of all high, the, the king of kings coming down and girding himself with a towel like a slave. Give us a chance this week, please, to serve someone else. Bless our fellowship, the service to come. Lord, we thank you for already meeting with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as you step outside to have some fellowship, might I recommend talking to Armand and asking him about lunch? It sounds like you might get a free lunch out of that, if I understood that right. So you guys enjoy this.